Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. Well, how many are happy that uh, this is the joyous season, right? Jesus is the reason for the season, amen? amen? Now at the same time though, having said that, it can be an awful difficult time for some of us. Some of us at this time can, can become depressed, can become withdrawn because of life's situations. And what I mean by that is there may be some of you that it brings back memories of a joyous occasion. And that person or persons is no longer here. And I understand that and I get that. And, and we sympathize with you if that's the case this morning. For others, it's just an area of, of depression because they see what's going on. You know, this world is so materialistic, isn't it? And we're all trying to keep up with the Joneses, right? With the, with the people next door and the old expression, the grass is greener over there, right? And, and we tend to compare. And so th- some of those things are what I am going to talk to you about this morning. But this time can also, if we're not careful, lead to a very terrible time during this season. It should be joyous because we're celebrating the birth of our Savior. And we're not celebrating that Santa Claus is coming. We're not, and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't want to get you hung up on that. There's nothing wrong with that. But the, the season is that we're celebrating the birth of Jesus. Amen? Amen? We're celebrating his birth. In fact, his birth pointed to the cross. As I was telling one of my daughters this morning, it pointed to the cross where each of you would be granted eternal life at some point in your life by accepting the Lord into your life. Amen? So this morning, I want to talk to you about how each of us need to take the time to guard our heart and our minds, especially, especially during this season. And, and I want to have you stand with me as we read our sermon text. It's found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Um, I was in there last week in 1 Thessalonians and I thought, you know what? It's a good book. Why leave, right? There's some, there's some good material there. So 1 Thessalonians, and I'm going to read just this uh, version from the New King James Version. And it says this. It says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to come here Lord, it's your word. Your word endures forever. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's unchanging. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that your word would speak to every heart, including mine here this morning, that your word would make an impact, that we would learn how to guard our hearts, our minds. And, Lord, especially this season, that we would remember that, Jesus, you are the reason for that season. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Before you're seated, look at your neighbor and tell him, Jesus is the reason for the season. Okay, you may be seated. Amen. I didn't hear a lot of enthusiasm there. So, in fact, let, let's do that again. Look at your neighbor again. This time tell him, Jesus is the reason for your, the season. That's better. Amen. I, I thought I was talking to the first church south of God there for a second, but no. Okay, just kidding. Okay, here we go. 
Just kidding. So what I want to talk to you about this morning are emotions, toxic emotions. How many are, uh, know that toxic things can harm you? They're harmful to you. You don't have to have a medical degree. You don't have to be a nurse to know that toxic things are harmful to you. In fact, l- let me just talk about that verse we just read where the word preserved, blameless. Do we have that scripture uh, up? If we can put that up. Preserved. Preserved. Preserved means to guard, to protect, to keep an eye upon. And then blameless, the following word, blameless means to be faultless, irreproachable. And those are things I want to talk to you about your mind. I'm going to know that we have to guard our mind. We are a very visual people. We live in a very visible society. Uh, In other words, um, there's billboards that bombard you. There's ads. Uh, My wife talked about uh, social media, even going on uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, you're bombarded with social media advertisements. And isn't it funny too, you, you, you do a, uh, a search for a item that you want to buy and all of a sudden next time you go on your computer, all these ads pop up for that same thing, right? They know you, they got you and we're bombarded with visual things all the time. And so we have to learn to guard our heart and our mind, Amen. So what I want to talk to you about here is how to protect your mind from the toxic things that can affect even you and I today. There's another scripture found in James chapter 1 and verse 21, which we read this morning, which was our scripture verse. And it says the following, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. How many remember that word save last week or a few weeks ago? I talked about the the Greek word, which is sozo, S-O-Z-O. It's the same word to save you, to save you here again, talking about this is able to save sozo, your souls. The word of God can save your soul. Amen. Now, how many know God is in the restoration business? He took this old piece of junk here and transformed me and made me into a new person. Uh, And he did the same for you. Amen. And he's still doing that today in this day and age. God can bring you vitality if you're hurting. God can erase away all those pains, wipe away every tear as the word of God says. He can do that today, amen. Our God is a heart mender, amen. Have you ever heard this song, he's a heart mender? I remember this older song, he's a heart mender. It's a beautiful song and it talks to those people that are hurting emotionally and for many of you, some, you know, you may never get depressed during Christmas season. I know my daughter Raquel wishes it was Christmas all year long. She'll play Christmas music in July, and I tell her, turn that off. And for, for some of those people, there's no sight of depression during this time. But for others, it can be a, an extremely tough time. So again, listen closely, because God is a heart mender, Amen. How many remember the um, Old Testament man, the great man of God, David, King David? You know, we don't think of him often as this depressed man, right? We think of all the mighty battles he had, a mighty man of valor and so forth. And um, listen to this scripture found in Psalm 42 and verse 5. David, this is the NLT version, New Living Translation version, but check out how he's penned this. He says, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? Why am I discouraged? Maybe you said that this week. 
Maybe you looked at your bank account and said, why am I so discouraged? <laughs> Maybe you looked at your car this week and it's falling apart. Maybe your, your jeans have holes in it. Oh, wait, that's a good thing nowadays. Right. You know, there's so many things that can draw us down. And again, it's what you're putting in to your mind. Ever heard the expression, garbage in, garbage out? They used to say that about computers, garbage in, garbage out. Well, it's the same thing for our minds. You put garbage in, you're going to spew garbage out. How many have found that to be true if you allow that to happen? And so, uh, again, just uh, be careful with social media is a great thing, but you can allow bad stuff in here, and that will come out of your spirit, out of your mouth. So you got to be wise with that. Amen? Let me share this with you. An uncontrolled mind that is always receiving toxins can lead you to mental health issues. Okay? If you're receiving toxic stuff, meaning anger, bitterness, it, or you're, you're, you're involved with things that are not of God, it can lead to mental health issues. I promise you. How many know that God can bring healing to you in the middle of discouragement? Amen. It doesn't matter where you're at. He can, and usually that's what it takes, is God to bring you through something so that you recognize what he's doing. Yes. You know, if we all lived on that mountaintop, we'd never get to experience his great love, his great mercy, how much he cares for you, his faithfulness. You know, we all wish it was a rose-petaled path, but you would never be the person he's challenging you to be if he didn't give you ups and downs. Amen? Let me, let me share with you something, uh, some statistics here real quick. Did you know that over 40 million adults, let me say that again, 40 million adults in America suffer from depression? And over $42 billion a year is spent on trying to fix it. That's why the pharmaceutical country, companies are getting rich, because they're dispensing pills left and right, and over 40 million adults and growing suffer from depression, some sort of depression. There's a doctor, Caroline Leaf, who said the following, the average person has over 30,000 thoughts a day. That just blew my mind. As a man... I don't think I have 30,000 thoughts a day, right? Now, as a, as a female, maybe some of you can correct me, right? But as a man, I guess the study has shown that the average person has over 30,000 thoughts a day. Through an uncontrolled thought life, we create the conditions for mental illness, for illness. We create it. We make ourselves sick. Research shows that fear, all on its own, triggers more than 1,400 known physical and chemical responses and activates more than 30 different hormones in our body. That's what the doctor is stating. That's what, what fear does. That's what an uncontrolled mind does. And that's typically the person... That's why the Lord gives us warnings in, in the Old Testament about a lazy man, a lazy person, especially a man that doesn't work. You know, one that's just lazy... That's, you're at the devil's doorstep right there because the devil will work that mind. But when you're busy working, living, doing things right and righteously, you don't have time for that nonsense. Amen? Yes. Amen. So, so don't give an open door for the enemy with just thoughts, random thoughts. Uh, I, maybe some of you are like that. You get all these crazy random thoughts. And 
I know we all get random thoughts at times, but that shouldn't be the way your mind works 24-7, you know. It, it, should be, it should be organized somewhat, but at the same time, be careful, amen? Again, we're driven by, in this society by sight, by the things we see around us. Things can, can bring us down every day. You may leave here today and, and see a, a, a nice big billboard and an advertisement for a beautiful lunch, yet... You can't afford it because you don't have the money in your pocketbook. And that could get you depressed. Just that sight. Or you could be at the stoplight and you can be driving in your 17-year-old vehicle and see that brand new Chevy Silverado LT HD pickup right next to you, 1500. Oh, did I say what I like? Anyways, and be going, man, that's a nice truck. You know, and you can get all caught up in that and start getting depressed don't do that, people. Don't do that. Amen? It's not about just owning things. This world gets you into this trap of, of being so materialistic. That's why a mission trip, like where we're going, the five of us, my wife and I, uh, Wayne and Irene and Gregory Remazal, will be joining hundreds of others down there, ministering to thousands down there. At any rate, it gives you a fresh perspective on what's important. Amen? Amen? On what's important. So... Uh, uh, Here's a question I want to ask you this morning. Why do you think our minds struggle? Why do our minds struggle with this? In particular, at this time of the year. At this time of the year. Where we should be celebrating the fact that Jesus is the reason for the season. The devil wants to take our mind off of that and put it on the latest sale at Best Buy. Oh, you don't got the latest this and that. You don't got the latest toy. Uh, or the latest sale at uh, the Chevy dealer down the street, you know. Uh, or blankety blank, whatever, you fill in the blank. Our minds are taken off of the most important thing. So the question this morning I want to ask you is, how can we overcome that? So if you look at your outline, I've got a few points on there. And the very first one I want to talk to you about, and this isn't your traditional Christmas series. Um, I want to talk to you this one sermon um, today about these four points and how we can guard our minds. And the very first one is, unforgiveness unforgiveness and I was praying about this last night and I just feel that even again this morning someone here today someone here today needs to hear this point in particular I've got four points but today someone needs to hear this point today I don't know who that is and you know what it's not important but the Holy Spirit knows who that is amen so listen Unforgiveness is like a poison. It's a toxin. It's a toxin. Amen? How, how many like to watch those crime dramas on TV? The real life, you know, true identity, dateline. You like me and watch those every now and then? Okay. Uh, I like to watch those. And uh, it's just crazy what people do. And there was one in particular, this woman, um, her first husband got sick and got sent to the hospital and, and he died. And, and uh, a few years later... Uh, she married again, and then her second husband went to the hospital, and he died. And then, and then uh, she moved to a different state, and uh, then she married again a third husband. And then he got to the hospital, and he was very sick. And, but the thing was, when he got to the hospital, he started getting better. He started getting better. But then he got sent home, and he started getting sick again, and he died. And what ended up happening was... She was putting, she was, she, no, actually she was putting antifreeze in his drinks. 
antifreeze. Now you can do that enough over time and you can kill somebody. You would think that somebody would go, what's wrong with my coffee this morning, you know? But uh, I don't know what it tastes like, nor do I ever want to know what it tastes like. But uh, she killed him. And now do you think, on the other hand, he would have taken the antifreeze knowingly? Of course not. He would never take poison knowingly or that toxin knowingly. But yet how many of us drink of the poison of unforgiveness? How many just choose to continue to take it, even though it's killing us in our spirit? Amen? Somebody here needs to hear that this morning. You and I, you and I need to be careful with unforgiveness. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 5 says this in the NIV version. It says this, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. I mean, that's self-explanatory right there, that scripture there. Unforgiveness or holding a grudge against someone who has offended you, slandered you, hurt you, you know what it causes you to want to do? Get back at them. Hurt them. Make them feel what you felt for that second, that hour, that day, that week, that month, that year, that lifetime. It'll make you want to attack them back. How many, I mean, you don't have to raise your hand, but we've all felt that at different times. Now, you'd be lying if you told me you didn't feel that. You'd be lying, so don't lie. God said, thou shalt not lie right? All of us have felt that, but it's what you do with that. You have the power and ability to say, Lord, forgive me. I forgive that person. I forgive that mother, that father, that brother, that sister, whoever it was that you think may have hurt you, that coworker. Many of us have gotten hurt over years of abuse, mentally, physically, possibly. You have to let go of that. See, unforgiveness Unforgiveness usually causes us to think and do evil or ungodly things to that person or to others. It it, it makes you want to be a person that I don't want to hang around with. How many ever been around a bitter person? When When they're bitter, every conversation is about bitterness. There's no love in that. And and I don't have time for that. I want to pray for you and, and I pray God heal you of that. But I don't have time to hang around a bitter person. And no, neither do you. Because it's draining when you hang around people that are bitter. Amen? When someone is filled with unforgiveness, they reek of it. You ever been around garlic? It reeks, right? You can smell it a mile away. Um, fish? You, you know when you go into Seafood City that you're in Seafood City, right? You can smell the fish. You know, when you go into a fish market, you can smell the fish. Same thing with unforgiveness and bitterness. You can smell it. It reeks. You may not think so, but everybody around you knows, man, you smell with that unforgiveness, that bitterness, that root, and it takes control of you. Amen? That person lives trapped with that poison, with that toxin of unforgiveness. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be drinking that antifreeze. I don't want to be drinking that poison of of unforgiveness, of bitterness. Learn to let go and let God. Amen? uh, This morning, and and God wanted me to emphasize this point here. This morning I was listening to, ever heard of Lisa Bevere? I'm sure some of you have heard of her. She's a pastor's wife. Um, 
Her husband is John Bevere. At any rate, she was sharing a moment how she grew up. Her testimony was she grew up in a physically abusive home. Her father was an alcoholic and very abusive, and that's not an uncommon story. Many people grow up in a situation like that, but it scarred her. It made her grow up, and you can only imagine what that does to a young, a young girl, a young child. So consequently, she never had that father-daughter relationship. She never had that closeness. He was not equipped to do that, to provide that for her. He did the best he could, but in the process, they were never close. So the day came when her and her husband and their four boys decided to go pay him a visit. And uh, apparently they had worked it out, we're going to stop by, because they were not in contact because of unforgiveness. And so the day came, they arrived to his house, and on the door was a little note said, I'm sorry, I don't want you to come in, I can't meet with you. The father left a note for his daughter and his grandkids, grandkids that up to that point he had never met. I mean, I can't imagine, right? So years later, she was saying in this video that I was watching this morning that she and her oldest son, <coughs> excuse me, went to the father's house again, or actually this time went to visit him in the hospital. He was dying. He had a combination of Alzheimer's, but he was still lucid, uh, barely. And, and they got there. And even though she didn't want to go, she felt compelled by the Holy Spirit to visit him. And so she was there. And she felt compelled by the Holy Spirit to tell him, Dad, you were a good father. She, but inside of her, she was struggling with that because she knew he wasn't a good father. But the Holy Spirit was telling her, you need to tell him that. And so as she grabbed his hand, as her son grabbed his hand as well, and they were praying for him, she looked him right in the eyes and said, Dad, you've been a good father. And that at that moment, she felt the release of all that unforgiveness, all that bitterness just released from her. And tears were coming out of her. And he looked back at her, and the only words he could say were, thank you. As he began to just cry like a baby, she said. And it was shortly after that, moments after that, that he passed on. He passed on. But God provided that moment so that she could be released from that unforgiveness, that bitterness. She was a pastor's wife. It doesn't matter who you are. Unforgiveness will attack you if you let it, if you allow it. Well, she was able to learn that lesson right there. It wasn't for him to receive that. It was for her. She was the one that was hurting. And all, he did the best job he knew how. How many grew up with dads that did the best job they knew how? They weren't perfect. In fact, there's none of us that are perfect. Only Jesus is perfect. And, and so the Lord may be wanting to tell someone here, learn to let go and let God. Let go and let God. Amen? Yes. Amen. Okay, I'm going to go on to point number two. So hopefully the Holy Spirit spoke to someone here this morning. Amen? Point number two is comparison. Ooh, the comparison trap. That's the wor one of the worst ones and I think the easiest ones for us to follow. And what I mean by that is people here, I see married couples here. So oftentimes what happens is that married spouse, you look and 
you'll see that other spouse and that other happy couple, and you'll, you'll compare your marriage to them. Don't do that. Don't do that. God didn't create you all alike. You didn't grow up with the same conditions. You, you didn't marry the same spouse. You're so different, it's not even funny. And you're uniquely created, amen? God loves you exactly how you are. He's not content to leave you that way, though, amen? But don't compare yourself. So we compare marriages. We compare our kids. We compare those that have kids, and we don't. We say, well, you know, they have a bless, you know, and on and on and on. And I like their husband, and I like their wife, and I like their cars, and I like their home. And before you know it, you're, you're a miserable existence, right? Because you're comparing. That's the worst trap you can do, and that's a toxin. You allow that toxin in here in your heart and your mind, and you're, you're going to get depressed because you're comparing, amen? You know, and that's when you begin to say the grass is greener on the other side, and it's not. Right. The grass is as green as you want to make it, amen? amen? Just add some fertilizer to it. I know. Add some fertilizer. Take care of it. Yeah. Amen? You know, Mark Twain said the following, Comparison is the death of joy. Comparison is the death of joy. I knew the uh, school administrator would like that one. All right. Comparison is the death of joy. Don't compare yourself to anybody. It'll kill and steal the joy that you are meant to have. Amen? And, and another thing we touched on social media. Sure, it's a great tool, but let me tell you a secret here. All those photos you see that people post, they're the best, absolutely best photo they could find of themselves, okay? They're not posting that photo picking their nose, okay? Or their hair looking like a mess in the morning. They're not going to post those photos. They're going to post the absolute best photo or video that they can find on their phone. In fact, they're deleting all the other ones. So when you look at that perfect family that you see every, every time they, see, they, they post something on Facebook, don't fall into the comparison trap of, man, they're always on vacation. Man, they go to the best places. Man, they go to the best restaurants. No. They do that whenever they have a chance. And for all you know is their life is so messed up, they're trying to make up for it and post things that, that really aren't real and bringing, bringing happiness to their life. Amen? So, again, social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, it's a tool. It's only a tool. So don't, don't compare yourself to other people. Amen? Let me read another scripture to you found in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12. And this is out of the NLT version again. Oh, don't worry. We wouldn't dare say that we are as wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are, but they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. How ignorant. The, the Word of God tells you not to compare yourself to one another. And we often, at this time of the year, get too caught up in that. Guard your mind, guard your heart from the comparison trap, and it'll go well with you. Amen? Yes. Don't compare. Um, the truth may not be what you think it is. Right. And let me share a little quick story with you. Once, uh, a couple years ago, maybe Gregory may have shared this with you, but... How many love our brother Gregory? He's not here today. He's out of town. But um, we were staying a men's conference up in Oroville. And uh, Gregory's bright-eyed and bushy-tailed at 6 o'clock in the morning and knocks on my hotel door at 6 o'clock, right? You could pick, Gregory's 24-7, okay? He, he doesn't have a kill switch. So he knocks on my door. 
And I don't know about you, but when I get up at 6 o'clock in the morning, just straight out of bed, I don't look like this with my hair all in perfect place, you know. <laughs> so Gregory, uh, I greet him at the door, and he looks at me and goes, Pastor Rick? Pastor Rick? He said that like two or three times. Because my, my hair looks like a troll doll in the morning when I get up out of bed, okay? I don't know about you, but I look like a troll doll. This takes a hair dryer and gel, okay? It takes work. And he's looking at, he could not stop. He could not believe that my hair, he thought apparently I went to bed like that and I woke up like this. I go, Gregory, no, no. So he was comparing something in his mind. And as I just said, the truth may not be what you think it is. Amen? So I just thought I'd share that. Don't compare yourself to other people. Amen? And then our third point on our outline is anger. Anger. You, you almost have to say that word, angry. Anger. Just like in Spanish, coraje. Coraje. Anger, you know. Uh, anger. It's a toxin to your brain. It's, a, it's, a, it, it's one of the worst toxins. Now, James chapter 4, let's read this verse. Chapter 4 and verse 1 and 2, found in the NIV version, says the following. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. Amen. We need to begin to ask God, first of all. Amen. Amen. Anger is one of the worst, and it's one of the deadly sins. Amen. Anger is a poison. Who wants to come home to an angry spouse? Raise your hand if that's you. I didn't think so. I can wait here another five seconds, five minutes. I don't think anybody's going to raise their hand. Who wants to come home to anybody angry? Nobody. Who wants to be at home and then have someone angry come inside? Nobody. We don't want to hang around you if you're angry. Amen? Amen. I, I'm not an angry person, as a, as a, generally speaking. I don't lose it with my wife or kids at home. I, I, I've just always been that way. But there's people that, that have that hot button, right? You just press it, and they become angry right away. Now, I, I can get angry. I won't tell you I won't. But I'm generally not that way. And I believe that when I became a believer in my 20s, that the Lord took that away. He really calmed me down and in, in my mind. I really, I really have felt that and experienced that in my life. He took the foul language. He took anger, bitterness away from me and taught me how to love for the very first time in my life. Amen? How many know what I'm talking about this morning? But again, an angry person, nobody wants to be around you. They usually reek of it as well. You can see it a mile away. They're usually the one person that's bright red with the steam coming out of their ears. That person. That's the angry person. And that person needs God's help at that point. They need to learn to give it to God. Amen? In fact, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 and 27. If we can put that up on the screen as well. Oh, we don't have that one. Okay. That's all right. We didn't get time to do that one. But let me read it to you. Found in the New Living Translation, it says this. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Anger is sin. Sin is anger. Don't, let, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down 
while you are still angry. For anger, listen to this carefully, gives a foothold to the devil. That's why, and one of the most important reasons why you should not be angry. It gives a foothold. You open the door to the devil, to the enemy, by being angry. And again, at this time of the year, there are many things that can cause you to be angry. Black Friday was one of them, right? People running over grandmas, like I told you, in Walmart to get that nice big TV. I'm serious. YouTube it. It's out there. People get angry, causing fights over a sale. Come on, people. I know none of you did that. You waited till Saturday. You were smart. But again, don't give a foothold to anger. Don't allow the devil to steal your joy. Amen? Amen. And then our final point. So, so far, unforgiveness, comparison, anger. And the final point is worry. Are you a worry wart? Are you a worry wart? Are you constantly worrying? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? How am I going to get here? How's the weather going to be? All the things that you can't control anyways. Are you worrying like that? Listen to this scripture found in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 27. And this one we do have. Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? Can any one of you add a single hour? How about a single minute? How about a single second? No. The answer is no. You can't. Amen. Worrying will never change anything. Has it ever changed you? Of course not. Did you know that these two things go together? Fear and worry go together. Fear and worry. Because when you start worrying, you start becoming fearful. Well, what if? You know, I'm, I'm worried about that. But what if? What about that what if? God's got your back. Amen. God's got you covered. Are you a child of God? Amen. Yes, we are. If you're a worrier, you need to realize that God did not create you that way to worry. He didn't create you to be every day thinking, oh my God, I hope today is not the the day that we have an earthquake. The big one. The big one's supposed to hit. I hope it's not today. I I hope my power doesn't go out. Uh, I hope the tsunami doesn't hit today. You know, um, whatever it may be. Some people live like that. In fear. In fact, Let me remind you of a few things. How many know what's found in Psalm 91? Let me read just a few verses out of Psalm 91. Listen to these for those that worry. Psalm 91 verse 1. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He will cover you And under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Verse 10, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your dwelling, your tent. And then in verse 16, with long life, everybody say with long life. life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now, is that a God that should cause you to worry? No. On the other hand, It should cause you to breathe and say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are my refuge. That I can trust you. That I can put every anxious thought and care upon you because you love me and care for me. Amen? This morning, as I close, a couple more, or one more scripture. Philippians chapter 4 and verses 6 and 7. These are probably the scriptures you know best about 
um, not worrying. Do we have those? And I think we have them, but let me read them to you. Philippians 4, verse, starting in verse 6. This is the NLT version. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Do you do that every day? Do you do that on a daily basis? Then you... It's, so so you got to do this step in order to have this following step. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. We can't comprehend it. We can't fathom how it works. His peace will guard, everybody say guard, Guard. your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. His peace, not your peace, not the Best Buy deal, not the deal down at the Chevy dealer, not, not the deal down at wherever, but only God's peace can grant you that. Amen? Begin to give the Lord your thoughts, your anxious thoughts and fears. Begin to give it to Him. We're talking about, about worry here. Fear and worry go together. And, and a lot of times at this time of the year, people can get caught up in, well, I, I, I don't know if I have enough money to buy everybody I want to buy a gift for. Forget about it. Don't get so caught up in that materialistic stuff. Send them a card. Just tell them how much you appreciate them and love them. That's a great gift right there. That is, in fact, the best gift you can give anybody. Amen? (coughs) Begin to give the Lord those thoughts and fears. You have to ask God to help you with this. How many have heard of the old expression, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, is what? Insanity. Exactly. So if you're suffering from worry, from anger, from all these different things, and you're doing the same thing over and over again... Well, I'm sorry to tell you, you're not going to get any different result. You're going to get the same result. So you have to learn how to guard your heart, guard your mind from these things overpowering you. Amen? Proverbs 4.23, last scripture I want to read this morning, found in the New King James Version. It says the following, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence, diligence for out of it spring the issues of life so here's what i want to ask you this morning here's what i challenge you to do this week and the next few weeks through this christmas season identify any of these toxic areas whether it be unforgiveness whether it be comparison anger worry fear identify if you're experiencing any of those and begin to deal with them Begin to give them to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't need this in my life. It's stealing my joy. It's stealing my happiness. Uh, I can't live on another day with unforgiveness toward that person. Begin to give that to the Lord. If you, the quicker you can identify these toxins and, and stop drinking that Kool-Aid, stop drinking that antifreeze, stop drinking that unforgiveness, the quicker you can deal with that, the better off it will be with you. Amen? Amen. Don't let that foothold be created because by doing each one of these, not just anger, but by allowing each one of these, you're actually opening the door for the devil to do his work, his dirty work. And nothing good. The devil's a liar, amen? And he'll try to confuse you, try to give you thoughts that will mislead you, misguide you. But thankfully, we have the Holy Spirit of God to protect us and, and, and guard our hearts and our minds. But we need 
to give those things to the Lord. Amen? We need to give those things to the Lord. Do that this, this season, won't you? Amen? Amen. How many received that this morning? That they're going to do their best this morning. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Don't give the devil a foothold in your life. The, the Lord wants to give you that peace that passes all understanding that the Bible talks about. And I've experienced that myself. You know, when, when my son passed away, I experienced that in the middle of that crisis. And I know some of you have also experienced the peace of God, which passes all understanding. It just, you can't understand, you can't fathom how in the middle of that situation, you can have a peace when you shouldn't have that peace. Amen? God wants to give that to you this morning. Let's bow our heads this morning. Oh, Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for that peace that you give us. Lord, we thank you that you do take care of us, that you did create us, and you didn't create us to be angry, to be, to be filled with unforgiveness, to be comparing ourselves to others, to be worrying and to be fearful, Lord. You didn't give any of us those qualities. Lord, the world will tend to beat us up. The world will tend to saturate us with those feelings of inferiority when we begin to compare ourselves to others. Lord, I pray this morning that you would free anyone here bound with those issues, those toxins, those poisons, that they would just cleanse their body, their mind, their, their heart, from those issues and give them to you this morning. I pray right now a blessing upon every single one here today that hears my voice, that they would receive that today in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, we thank you this morning for your goodness and your mercy. And at this time, I just want to speak to you with your heads bowed. If there's anyone here this morning that after hearing this, they want to recommit their life to Christ. Maybe they want to give their life to Christ for the very first time. Maybe they've come today saying, I need to get my life back on track with you, Lord. I'm not where I want to be, but I need to, I need to step up. I need to put my, my life in your hands again. If that's you this morning, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Just raise your hand this morning if that's you. I see hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we come before you this morning and Lord, you see the hands and I pray, Father, right now. I pray for these people right now, Lord. Touch them. First of all, remove any fear, any anxious thought, any unforgiveness, any worry, the comparison trap, Lord. Move it away from our minds and our hearts and Lord, fill Fill those minds, those hearts. Fill, in fact, every one of us here today with your peace that passes all understanding. And so, Father, we're so thankful. We're so thankful that you love us so much. Lord, we love you. And I pray this morning, bless everyone here this Christmas season as we celebrate you, Father, for sending your Son so that we might have life. And Lord, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.